are Locked On Big 12, your daily podcast on the Big 12 Conference, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everybody. Josh Neighbors here of the Locked On Big 12 Podcast. It is July 26th. It's 11.39 Eastern time when I'm recording this. Uh, it's the only time I could get John Williams, the busiest man in podcasting, for an interview from Locked On Sooners. So uh, it's going to be a busy, crazy week. Uh, you guys know I also have a Locked On Nationals podcast. Um, ironically enough, while I was recording the night Locked On Big 12, Brad Hand for the Nets gave up a three-run home run, uh, and they lost, and they're in a fire sale right now. So crazy week for me, but I um, hope you guys enjoyed my conversation today with John Williams of Locked On Sooners. We talk about this thing really from the OU perspective and the move and what it means for Oklahoma from a competitive standpoint, from a money standpoint, and just kind of hit it from all angles from the OU perspective. So I hope you guys enjoy. All right, and you can hear me okay, right? Yep. All right, we'll go in three, two, and one. Hello, everybody. This is a crossover edition of the Locked On Big 12 podcast. Joining me tonight is John Williams of Locked On Sooners. John, is there anything to talk about? Uh, <laughs> Not much, man. It's It's been a, I don't know, it's been kind of quiet since about Wednesday. Talking afternoon. season, right? Yeah, just, talk, just talking yeah. season. I'm just still waiting for college football season to start, so I don't know <laughs> what else is going on. Um, today was official Oklahoma and Texas. I guess you could say they put in their papers, right? They They put their two weeks in. Uh, or their four years, and we'll see whatever yeah. it ends up being. Yeah. But they told the Big 12 Conference they're not going to renew their grant of rights in 2025 uh, to extend the their television contract with them. So it, it paves the way for them to go to the SEC. Now, before I kind of get into how the fans are feeling and everything, I think the big question I really want to know, and you know what you think is, when are they going to make the move? Because they're not waiting until 2025, in my opinion. I mean – you don't break up with somebody and say, yeah, well, let's live together until the lease is over. Right. It's not really how it works normally. Yeah, I totally agree. I, I kind of compared it to asking for a divorce and then staying in the house. <laughs> right. uh, it doesn't really, it just didn't really work that way. Um, yeah. yeah. You know, I've seen different things, you know, obviously the grant of rights thing has them locked until 2025, but there are ways to get out of that. I've seen estimations of 2023, something we reported today on Sooners wires, 2022 based on an sec source. Um, so I think, I honestly think it's probably going to happen next year. I, I think this is going to be one of those things similar to the way it played out 10 years ago, where you know, Texas A&M, Colorado, Nebraska, and, uh, Missouri were so butthurt over the Longhorn network that they just decided to bail too. And I don't imagine that the big 12 is one is going to want Oklahoma and Texas sticking around, taking the money, winning the titles, getting the accolades, and then and then leaving. I think they're going to be willing to find a mutually beneficial agreement sometime in 2022 to allow Oklahoma and Texas to walk without it having to be a big ordeal where there's lawsuits and court battles and things like that. I, I feel like they'll have some kind of arbitration hearing that finds something that's mutually beneficial. Right. I, I think maybe for the Big 12's angle, they have them hang around just long enough to figure out what else they're going to do. Right. You know what I mean? Um, you know, maybe the, maybe the SEC helps them some, because I mean, look, whatever the monetary number is, whatever the number is, I forget what it is each year, like the SEC, like they, they Oklahoma and Texas could make that up pretty quickly with mm-hmm. what they're going to make. Um, it's just fascinating. The other thing to me, it's, it's 
been so striking is like how fast it happened. Right. And I think NIL happened over a course of a period of time. So that wasn't that quick. The playoff was another one of those things where we knew the meetings were happening with the commissioners, but we did not know that the proposal was going to happen. Then you kind of think about it and you're like, well, what's stopping them from doing it now, basically? What's, what's stopping them from saying, hey, in a year or two, we can do this. And, and the, the whole thing is nothing. You know what I mean? Uh, right. and there's, there's contracts in place, but as always, in anything, in any line of work, contracts are amendable. And so I think it's just been crazy to me that we've had two seismic shifts in such a short period of time. And that's why I think it's, it's hard to almost like record a podcast about it. I feel like a lot. That's what I kind of found myself the last week because it's just, it's so fast and there's a lot of information. You're just almost like, yeah, I'm flummoxed. What else, what else you want to say? It's, just, it's pretty crazy. Yeah. It's been a whirlwind, man. You know, when it first kind of broke, I think it was Wednesday afternoon. I was at work right. and I got real distracted real quick. And <laughs> uh, you know, the Thursday, Friday episodes are really good opportunities to kind of process through some of the information that was coming out and what the impact was going to be on the big 12 on Oklahoma, on Texas, and just on college football as a whole. But yeah, man, even as the weekend transpired and then Monday and now, you know, going into Tuesday have come along, it's just, it's all gone really, really quickly. Like you said, you know, it was something that has been in the works for a while. And even like the NIL, you know, you talked about the college football playoff, this big major shift, but NIL, you could throw that in there as a third. It's like, you know, they, they say deaths happen in three. And this is one of those situations where it's like, college football playoff NIL and now Oklahoma, Texas, like all these huge things happening, completely changing the landscape of college football for the near future. And I mean, who knows what's going to happen with the rest of the big 12 or with even the PAC 12 and the big 10 and the ACC. I feel like there's going to be some major movement with those conferences as well, because they're going to want to try to do what they can to keep up with the sec now, but yeah, it's been a really weird six months for a game that seemingly never wants to change. And it took how many years to get an actual national championship game in place? And right. then it took another, what, 14, 15 years to get a, like a four-team playoff in place after that. Like, like there, there have been some really significant changes in a really you know, short period of time. That it just, yeah, I think it has everybody just kind of spinning a little bit because it's like this is a game that never changes. And now we're right. having so many changes all at once. It's like everybody got really bored during COVID and thought, hey, what can we do to really shake things up a bit? I always joke, I'm like, I'm a pretty progressive guy. I'm not sure I'm this progressive. I'm not sure I'm not sure I need all this change at once. I think the one thing for me is like the charades up, right? Yeah. The idea that it's like, yeah, this is amateur athletics still. Yeah. And it's in, in the facade's been gone for a while, but right. You know, I think, I think for me, when I it started to hit me was we talked about, I was talking with Chris Gordy about the location of where the playoff games would be if it went mm -hmm. to 12. And it's just like, no, we're going to do the first rounds, you know, potentially at, at um, bowl sites because there's so much money to be made. And it made me think about, you know, when I went to actually the peach bowl, when LSU played Oklahoma a few years ago and just like, Chick-fil-A and Dr. Pepper and, and all of those big sponsors are everywhere. And just this thing is, it's the second most, I mean, at its core, college football is the second most popular sport in America. It, it, it is. It's, it's what the ESPN metrics, that's what Holly Rowe had, had told us when, you know, I was working with her some, like it is, it's just, it's just that popular. And so 
the kids are now, I think NIL opened the door for playoff expansion because basically like, all right, we can go to 17 games and not feel like this is really weird because if it was 17 games, the kids had no chance to make any money at all. I, I'm drawing the line on that. That's, that's absolutely yeah. wrong. But now they have an opportunity. Now that they do have a chance, you know, not everybody can. They would do it, do have a chance to make something off of it. And so I think that helped them pull the trigger. And I think once everybody saw it going to 12, I know OU in Texas, the SEC was in the works before that, before we heard that news. But it's just like, look, if we can just all grab cash, why not? Let's just do it. I mean, sure, a couple of people's feelings can be hurt along the way. Uh, you know, Ross Bjork's number one, his feelings over there at AM is he's not been too pleased about it. But you know, in the end, like, look, they're gonna make more money. Yeah. I, I mean. And also, they're better than Texas is right now in football. So, I, I would say bring it. Yes, we'd love. We would love to play Texas right now. I'd like to play them this year in the schedule. Honestly, if if you know that's what I'd be saying. But I just feel like that kind of this window accelerated everything. Like we're like, you know what? Let's not hide it anymore. This is about money. There's no no reason to hide it anymore. This is not about student athlete experience. Let's let's cram all that crap. The NCA took a step back. We're like, you know what? We don't care about NIL. You guys can do it yourselves. The NCA shouldn't even be involved in college football anymore. Right. I mean, what do they what do they do? They don't, right. they have no purpose. Yeah, it's and I think it's going to get to a point at, at at some point where one of the major conferences realizes why why are we supporting a, an organization that really doesn't do much for us except provide some guidelines, which we could probably do ourselves. Like I am, I, I get like 30 years ago, 40 years ago before the, the internet age and, you know, the increase in communication capabilities just really sprung up that you needed a centralized body that could help manage, you know, a hundred plus teams in college athletics. But now, I mean, you can, you can manage that at the conference level. These conferences can do what they need to do to run a football schedule. But yeah, I, I think you, you hit the nail on the head. It's about money. Um, you hate, you kind of hate that you, you, it loses a little bit of its luster a little bit. Like you want to maintain the dream as long as possible when you're watching college sports. But I mean, even as the Olympics are going on right now, it's su supposedly amateur athletics, but look how much money is being made by the networks and by these mm -hmm. different countries um, with these amateurs, quote unquote, you know, playing sports. I mean, it's, there's so much money in any sport anymore. And you're right. I, I think though they may not have known about the college football playoff going to 12, I bet they had whispers. They, they, they had an understanding that that's where they were headed. And I think that's why, you know, so many, or I think that's why Oklahoma and Texas felt comfortable making this move because in a 14 playoff, okay, maybe they get shut out of the playoff a little bit, but in a 12 team, there's very little chance that Oklahoma is not going to be at least the fourth best team in the sec in a given year. It, most years this is and, this is what's the funny part of it but go ahead finish your point well i was going to say and if you look back at like top 25s from the college football playoff era there's a pretty good chance you're going to find four sec teams ranked in the top 12 right and i and my whole like my whole thought about this on one front is so oklahoma's going in there with i would say i would say like georgia like georgia status is kind of i think it's kind of fair maybe a little bit below Georgia, but like Georgia is considered obviously one of the you know best teams. Um, Oklahoma recruits great. They've been to a bunch of college football playoffs. I mean, obviously they they haven't performed at the highest level, but I mean, still they've they've had that game against Georgia where they came really close. The game could have gone either way, and they would have been in the championship this year. In my opinion, they've got the best team out of anybody returning at, at across at you know across the entire country. 
So I think they fit in seamlessly because they're because their brand is really strong and also their team is strong. Texas, I was going through this the other day. Like, this is not a this is not a good competitive move. Now, the way it is a good competitive move is that this hurts. This is going to hurt the Missouris, the Arkansas's, the, the LSU's who pick off Texas kids by saying we're in the SEC and you're not. Right. So that could help them. But from a competitive standpoint, like, oh, you can afford a couple losses, and, and I think they go in and think they adjust and it'll be fine. There is a little bit of a, a down, but they'll eventually adjust and be like, all right, we're a machine again. Texas has a long, long way to climb. I mean, they're not even the second best team in the Big 12 this year. Yeah. And, and th- you could argue that Oklahoma State might end up being better than them this season. You know, where would they fit in the SEC this year? I mean, you could you could make the argument that Oklahoma would be one of the two or three best teams in the conference. Texas is like seventh or eighth. Like, I don't yeah. even know if Texas would beat Ole Miss. Pause in the action today's Locked On Big 12 podcast is brought to you by our friends at Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting, best for you protein bar in the game today. Go to BuiltBar.com. Use that promo code LOCKED15. That's L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5, LOCKED15. For 15% off at BuiltBar.com, they've got nine great flavors available in addition to their Built Go and their Built Boost. Check it all out at BuiltBar.com. Once again, promo code LOCKED15, L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5, LOCKED15, for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Yeah, it'd, it'd be it'd be really tough, and that's some of the intriguing aspects of this whole realignment thing is how many really fun games are going to be on the schedule. Right. Like right. even if you're not even a fan of one of these two teams, you look at the schedule that say they go to you know two eight team divisions, which is kind of what I hope for versus the four pods. But either way, you're going to get a lot of really intriguing matchups every single Saturday. And I mean, I, I think yes, Oklahoma is going to compete with the guys at the top. Alabama is the cream of the crop. No doubt about it. Georgia's right there. And then they, you know, I think they fit in right there with Georgia, uh, depending on the rosters at, at any given moment. Mm-hmm. But yeah, and then after that, you've got a really, really deep middle class, I think, with Auburn, Florida, Texas, Texas AM. You know, I think Tennessee is going to be a, a team that's going to be on the rise. I, I love Josh Heupel as a, as a head coach. You know, we saw what he did um, with UCF. And I think this is going to be one of those things where he builds that Tennessee program. They're going to have a bit of a dip after losing the recruits and investigations and things like that and losing transfers. But I don't think it'll take very long before he's got that team playing in that middle class as well. That's actually, I, I hadn't thought about the, the hypo Oklahoma thing. That, oh, that's, that's going to really, be so much fun, that's, man. That's really interesting. It's still his, bad his blood. Yeah. His relationship's really poor. I think with Oklahoma. Yeah. That's yeah. yeah. Which is that's, and that's one part that's that should be talked about John is, is that, you know, Oklahoma doesn't get Texas at OU, right? And, and vice versa. Right. So your schedule every year, you know, like, like people say going to D- game at DKR is not like that fun. But also you, you can make argument. I mean, who's the best team that's come to Texas in, in the last 10 years? Probably LSU, right? I mean, that's yeah. 
the best game they had there. And they've had a, a few good ones, right. but you don't get a lot of great games. And so this is the one thing is that, that I will say is a huge, a huge advantage. It's fresh matchups and it's big games at home for Oklahoma and Texas, which in the conference conference schedule, you don't normally get. I mean, I'm trying to think about last year, like who was Oklahoma's biggest game at home, right? In, in the all conference schedule. Yeah. They played Iowa State in the road, right? Yeah. And, and I, um, I can't remember if it was K-State at home. Yeah. And um, Oklahoma and Oklahoma State, I think was, I believe was in Stillwater. Yeah. So, but even, even those games for Sooners fans, they don't really carry much weight, you know? Right. Like, you know, it's not like bringing Ohio State to town or even bringing mm-hmm. Tennessee to town like you did five, you know, six years ago or so. But yeah, so you, you bring in Alabama or an Auburn into Norman. Oh my God, that's huge. Like bringing even Texas A&M back into the, you know, into the discussion on a regular basis. That's huge for Sooners fans. Like I, I know like Aggies get, we get dumped on or they get dumped on a lot just for their traditions and things like that. But I mean, that's still a really huge matchup and it moves the needle for mm-hmm. Texas fans, for Oklahoma fans. And for me, like getting that Texas, Texas A&M rivalry back, that is Huge. If anything, the biggest thing that could happen for both of those schools, because they, I mean, it's been too long that since that game has happened, they need that game. It's good for the state of Texas. It's good for college football. I think another good thing that's going to come out of this is Oklahoma, Arkansas. I mean, mm. really natural border rivals, Oklahoma, Missouri, Oklahoma has got something like 67 wins against Missouri, mm-hmm. but they haven't played since they left the conference. And so it's, it's good to get those natural border rivals back. And especially Arkansas, like I live an hour and 15 minutes from Fayetteville. So when right. Oklahoma goes on the road to play Arkansas, I'm going to be going to that game. That's going right. to be a really easy road game for me to hit up. And I, I wanted to, I wanted to kind of get into that part of it. You know, the, the, the fact that uh, the organizational part of it, how would you like to see it done? Because I'm a firm believer. Now I, I went to the University of Missouri, but you know, so as somebody who went there and in, in first started in 2015, you know, I heard about these rivalries that they had, never got to see them play. So would you would you want that kind of that pod system where you'd group together your Texas, your Oklahoma, your OU, uh, you know, your Arkansas, your Missouri's kind of together? Or would you, how do you kind of want to see it organized yeah. when it comes to that? Yeah, so I wrote about this actually at Sooners Wire, and I really think two 18 divisions is the way to go. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you have a West and you East, you move Auburn and Alabama to the East, you bring Missouri to the West, and then you have uh, Missouri, Arkansas, Oklahoma, Texas, Texas A&M, LSU, Ole Miss, Mississippi State. I think that's mm-hmm. eight. Yeah. Um, and I think that provides good balance of powers on both sides. Now the East is going to be, it's murderers row over there uh, with Alabama, Auburn, Georgia, Florida, but Again, I don't think it's long before we see Texas start to kind of pick up their game on the field. But you also have Texas A&M with Jimbo Fisher, who's been really, really good the last couple of years. And you have LSU with Ed Orgeron. I think that's going to be a team that bounces back this year. And so I think there's still some really strong teams on the in the West side of that conference. I can see the pod system working if you're trying to limit the number of conference games these teams play. But if you're the SEC, I'm looking to maximize the amount of conference games might yeah, they're going to they have to go to nine right i mean it's yeah it's a, it's a foregone conclusion at this point they're going to nine so for me i'm playing my seven divisional matchups i'm playing four if i'm oklahoma i'm playing four from the east i'm getting 11 sec games on the schedule mm. and then if you want another another game on the schedule a non-conference game if i'm oklahoma i'm doing whatever i got to do to schedule bedlam 
every year. Right. That's my 12 games every year, all mm. SEC and Bedlam. And if I can't make that happen, I'll bring Tulane or I'll bring Tulsa to campus every yeah. year or alternate home and home with Tulsa. That is one one thing I, so people are like, well, I hate the cupcake games. I'm a fan of the, of the cupcake game where it's like um, LSU versus against Southeast Louisiana. I, I like it when those bigger programs support the smaller ones in their state. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I want to, I'm a fan of keeping those as, as much as possible. I know people get mad about them, but like, you know, if, if you look at it from that perspective, like a competitive perspective, you're looking at the wrong way. You know, it, it is a way for a higher tier program to support, you know, it's, those are pay games, check games, we're going to call them support mm-hmm. the lower tier programs that happen. I mean, some of those check games, they, they pay for like the operations for some of those teams entire seasons. So yeah, right. if you figure out a way to do it, I'm not sure. Oakland, you know, I'm not sure Tulsa would be a good example there. Yeah. Obviously, to, not to the extent that some of the FCS ones would be, but um, right, yeah, you know, it's at that point though. At, at the SEC's point of sixteen, do you think they expand and they merge with the ACC? Do you think something that ha- that happens? You know, I, I think everybody's talking about all these super conferences and just leaving the group of five behind. But like, I I don't know if there's, I don't know if there's a whole lot of appetite for that yeah. at this point. Like, I think I want to say I feel gross, but like. I think like this is a lot right now. Uh-huh. So I don't know if we have to just be like, you know, blow it all up and just let's go super league. Like we, you know, let's just do the, 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 the college football version of what the champions league is right now. And that's yeah. it. I don't want to see that. I still want to yeah. see some acknowledgement of the lower ranks. And that's why I thought that the playoff with 12 teams is progress towards that. But you could argue at the same time, this is a step backwards. We're talking about super conferences. It's kind of a step backwards and acknowledging teams like Cincinnati and BYU and Boise uh-huh. state. One more pause in today's show. Let you guys know today's show is brought to you by betonline.ag. Whether it's NCAA football, NBA basketball, NHL, draft futures, Olympics, whatever it is, betonline.ag has you covered. You go there today, make an account on your iPhone, on your tablet, on your computer. It's free. Then you use the promo code locked on. That's L O C K E D O N locked on. And you'll receive a 50% deposit bonus. That's right, 50%. So if you deposit 100 bucks, they'll give you an extra 50 to play with in site credit today at betonline.ag. Once again, that's betonline.ag. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. If we could get to you know the four 16-team conferences and have the power four, so to speak, mm-hmm. I think that'd be a really good place to be. You know, you'd have you'd have the Pac-16 out west and the big Sixteen up north, you know, kind of covering that north. Maybe northeast. we could finally have correctly numbered uh, <laughs> yeah. numbered conferences. Yeah, right? and then you got the ACC kind of covering the you know the East Coast for the most part, and then um, you know the SEC, the South, Southeast. I, I think that really just fits geographically. I really don't. I'm not ready to see them go to like a 32 team, one big conference where. Right. But the only way I'd be cool with that is if you added some sort of relegation system in like they have in the English premier league for soccer, right. where it's like, if you're not part of the top 32, okay, cool. If you're in that next 32 and you win or you're the top three or four in that league, fine. You bump up and those teams bump mm-hmm. down, you know, like you got to figure out some way to punish the teams that are terrible and reward the teams that actually have some success, even if it's at the lower levels. So you can see like a team like North Dakota state, you know, like if they keep mm-hmm. winning and winning and winning, like, hey, why not give them a shot in the, you know, in the. They've already beaten FBS teams, right? Yeah. Why not give them a shot in the super conference? So, yeah, for me, like, I think 16 is a good number because otherwise you're going to have to start like kicking teams out. Like Vanderbilt yes. would not belong in a 32 team 
super conference, <laughs> you know, I, I would have a hard time, you know, being right. cool with like, I don't know, even Kentucky at times, unless Duke. you're like, Duke, having, I think Duke, yeah, Duke Duke. Be getting, like do basketball is the only thing that brings any value. Yeah. Like what do you do with Kansas? You know, like, right. You do have to recognize that yes, these schools have a long history. And so I think if you go to that, you know, even 20 teams, it, it starts to push it a little bit for me. Yeah. 16, six teams pushing it. Cause I guess like, what I want in a conference is kind of some commonality. Uh-huh. We want that kind of relationship. And I've always, I've always said this, that the only thing that Missouri and South Carolina had in common was that they're both in a town called Columbia. Yeah. Um, one, one, you know, one, they're thousands of miles away from each other right. and, and they're in the same division, which yeah. is the crazy part. Uh, so, you know, how, how have the fans taken to this? I mean, I guess they're, they have to be happy because the thing is, like, if you think down the line, not just football, like, Oklahoma softball now they're SEC. Oh, that man. might that might be the best part out of all of this. If you're a it's real be fire. sports fan, that's yeah. probably like you know if you talk about okay Oklahoma football, sure, sure, sure. Oklahoma softball in the Southeastern Conference mm-hmm. and a conference that sometimes sends almost all of their teams to the tournament. Yeah. I mean that's just it's just cherry on top. Yeah, it's going to be super fun. I mean, the the matchups that they had with Georgia and Florida this past year were fantastic, and those those will be a lot of fun. I think. I think that's something that people are kind of excited about. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, it's mixed. You know, I've, I've seen some people who are really excited about it. I've seen some people who are really, really upset about it. I was joking my, with my wife about it um, before the show. And, you know, she's an Oklahoma alum. She's got two degrees from there. And, and she's like, I hate it. The SEC has been mm-hmm. the enemy. My entire college football, you know, the, the entire time I've acknowledged college football as a sport, right. you know, she, she started going to OU back in 99 and, um, and so, yeah, she, she's like, I am not happy about this while I'm sitting there like gleefully trying to like map out the schedule for Oklahoma and, you know, how, how this is all going to play out and what, you know, what, how fun the SEC right. schedule could be. And I mean, I got, I, I do, I do hate the fact that there's a potential to lose Bedlam. I think that's going to be a huge loss in this. Um, the Oklahoma state president, uh, Casey Shrum is not happy. Uh, she, sure she, she's not went scorched earth on Twitter earlier. And, um, I, I don't blame her. Like I, I really don't blame her, but also at the same time, if you're Oklahoma, you can't have these conversations out in the public trying to negotiate mm-hmm. a big deal that this is, I mean, that that's just not how business works, right? but, or at least not how good business works. And so I think that is a big loss for Oklahoma and Oklahoma state's fans that they're not going to have that game potentially down the road. Um, I think it'll take some work if they want to keep that game in the regular rotation, but I, I do think that's a, that's a huge loss. And I do think, you know, there has been some sec animosity over the years because really because of the profile that they get on like ESPN or it just know, means more, it just means more, <laughs> you know, people constantly talking about them being the best conference and you can't, you can't discount what Alabama's done. And then you mix in an Auburn every once in a while and an LSU here and there. And, and yeah, they've, they've, dominated the national championship scene for nearly two decades. And so you can't really discount that at the same time, kind of that middle class and under hasn't always necessarily been very strong. And I think that's where big 12 and Oklahoma fans have kind of taken exception at times is, you know, people want to downplay the schedule that Oklahoma plays or what the big 12 is. When you look at the SEC's kind of middle tier and below, you're like, really is that much different than the big 12s middle tier below. I mean, it is what it is, but you know, so I think there's, there's mixed emotions on it. I think, you know, some people who are just 
who just love college football are kind of excited. Some people who um, don't really like the SEC are, are concerned about whether or not Oklahoma can make the playoff or win conference championships. You know, they're, they're a little bit concerned about it, but I mean, if you're Oklahoma and you want to play with the big boys and you think that you're one of the best programs in the history of college football, which you are, then why not? Like, why not step up and challenge yourself? And, you know, like Texas will get a surge from being in the SEC. It, you know, there's a good chance that Oklahoma will, even though they've done a really good job recruiting, I think there's a good chance they can get that same surge in recruiting as well. And so I, I think Lincoln Riley is never going to be afraid of a challenge. I don't think, you know, the athletic director, Joe Castiglione is going to be afraid of a challenge. You know, that's why they negotiated this deal and we're willing to take it head on and, you know, they'll deal with kind of the PR ramifications of it all. Yeah. But I think everybody's excited about it. Gen- at least I'm excited about it. And I think a lot of people that I've talked to are excited about it. There's definitely going to be some apprehension from some people. I think the million people that I know, they've been, they're pretty happy because, you know, they're, they're big 12 people. Sure. But this is a new opportunity. It's a new challenge. Yeah. And it's going to be more lucrative at the end of the day. Also, I saw some stuff about them being upset about the time slots with Fox. Yes. At noon. Mm-hmm. Um, I sympathize with that. You know, the the, the SEC network, uh, those people, they love to put Missouri at eleven o'clock East uh, Central Time, and I'm sure you know those kickoffs suck. They're yeah. the worst. Yeah. And so that's a big spot. And, and guess what? Oklahoma and Texas gets put there, and now they might not. Right now they have a chance right. to be put at a different time. Right. And yeah. now when they play marquee matchups, they have a chance to, to get some more exposure, different slots. So I totally get it. I totally understand it. I know it's just. Um, number one, I, I think Joe C did a great job. I mean, they, they kept this thing under wraps. I mean, the, yeah. I think part of the shock was how well, you know, it's like not everything gets leaked, especially when Texas is involved. Right. You know, Oklahoma, we, we expected Oklahoma to take care of their business. Joe C is pretty shrewd. We always talk about Texas, there being too many cooks in the kitchen. And mm-hmm. you kind of assume one of those cooks might say something. Yeah. Um, and I think, you know, maybe they did towards the end, but they were able to keep it under wraps. But it just kind of made um, like the rest of the conference. Like, it's just, you know, I guess from that perspective, I, I just, it's difficult because I understand why Oklahoma and Texas would do this. So I think from a holistic perspective, you can't be mad at them at all. But um, the fact that like this, you know, we, we all, I, we just woke up one day and the decision makers woke up one day. And we're like, you know what, this, let's just chase the dollar. Let's yeah. just do it. And it's, it is, it's, I guess it's sad. I don't know. I don't really know how I feel about it anymore. You know, it's, it, there's a certain part of me that, that, um, it's not uncomfortable. It's, I only think uncomfortable describes it. It's just like, it's, it's not what I want this sport to be. And I guess, I don't know. Yeah. Personal yeah. Type deal. yeah. I mean, it feels weird, you know, especially like, I feel like NIL coming in, you hear about Bryce Young down at Bama already being worth a right. million dollars in NIL. And you're like, ah, okay. That feels yeah. a little strange, but also the the networks are making millions and billions and the conferences and schools are making millions bryce young go get your money man I, right I, I, go go get your money that, part, yeah, I'm, that part i'm fine but with. yeah it's just but then it's the, the next tv addition. contract like the, like the 12 team playoff tv contract is going to be over a billion dollars yeah and so when i sit there and i i sit there and i think like that money itself like the kids actually aren't going to see any of that money yeah. right right the next sec network contract is yeah. going to be absolutely it's be gigantic. Yeah. And you think about it, you're like, that money actually doesn't go to the kids. Yeah. I, well, it goes to the facilities, whatever. But like, you know what I mean? It doesn't go right. directly to them, the people who are making this kind of happen. 
and it's just like the numbers getting more and more absurd. Mm. Um, and there's, it, you know, it's out of control is the right word, but it's just like, it's just kind of a manifestation of greed and, and, yeah. and chasing this stuff. Right. And so, yeah. You and know, so it just makes you, it makes you upset. Yeah. And so it does, it, it does feel weird to know like, yes, that this is a money play. It, it does right. feel weird that your team is potentially losing one of, you know, their in-state rival for money you know, potentially mm-hmm. losing some historical matchups with Kansas state. Like, I mean, they already lost Nebraska because of this, basically, you know, Nebraska left, right. left. And I mean, that was one of the most important games on Oklahoma's schedule every year when they were back in the big eight. I mean, I had Tony Casillas on the show, you know, about a month ago. And I, and that was the, the one of the last questions I asked him, but I asked him like, how excited are you that Nebraska's back? Man, he got the biggest smile on his face when he's like talking about what Nebraska mean meant to him and meant, even though they tried to, to back OU. out, they yeah, he really tried to back out. Like you know, that's a game that Oklahoma fans are super excited to have, and and I think like that's the same feeling they'll get if they don't play Oklahoma State for eight, nine, ten years. You know what I mean? Like I, I think to me that's that's the loss, even though maybe it's not been a rivalry when you think of like a back and forth, you know, Oklahoma State right. winning as much as Oklahoma does, but as far as in-state emotions go, like the fans see it as a rivalry, mm-hmm. even if it's been very lopsided. And so I, I, I do think that is one thing like, and I, and I get, you know, president Trump's frustrations because I feel like that's probably what a lot of Oklahoma state fans are feeling right now. And yeah. And, you know, you take a big picture, look at it and it's, it is kind of a bummer for the state of it's Oklahoma. Kind of, it's just like gross yeah. is, is the word I want to use. And yeah, I'm okay with it. I'll keep doing podcasts about it. I'll, you know, I work for Sirius X on the college channels, but like you sit down and, and people listen to this and be like, go cry, go cry about it. It's, it's <laughs> capitalism. I get that. But like we have, you know, think about it this way. There are now eight schools who are now like, what, okay. What just right. happened? Right. One of those, one of the schools is the reigning national champion in basketball. Yeah. And, and they don't have a, they don't have a home, you know, they're, they're yeah. in the big 12 right now, but do they have a home yet? And, and that just kind of shows you it's like, it's a number one, it's about football. Yeah. <laughs> and number two, it's about chasing as much money as possible. Now, yeah. one, this is the final question I want to ask you. It's more of a kind of esoteric question, but I thought the whole point of the money in college football, especially was to help you win. Right. Like, like, yeah. like when I see, and, and people are like, well, no, everybody just wants money, but hold up here. When Clemson is putting putt putt and, you know, laser tag and LSU's doing the sleeping pods and you're updating, you know, whirlpools and televisions and all this kind of stuff in your facilities. Isn't the whole point to win? And so, you know, my, my big question was like, in the end of the day, will this help Oklahoma and Texas win more games? And I don't actually know if that's if the answer is yes. I yeah. want to know what you think about that. Yeah. I, I don't know. Like, I, I don't think getting an extra, you know, let's say it's an extra 20 million in the sec you know, network uh, TV rights deal. If that makes that as much of a difference, maybe it helps some of their recruiters get out on the road a little bit more. Maybe it throws a little bit more money to some other programs that can do well. But I mean, for Oklahoma, you're already pretty good in a lot of sports. Like right. you're not really out there struggling. Um, and so, you know, maybe this, I, I saw something today that was like, Oklahoma doesn't have enough women's sports right now. So they have to add another sport. So that's, that's another interesting kind of tidbit in this whole thing is they might have to add a whole another sport Mm -hmm. to comply with sec regulations that say 
you have to have two more women's sports than you have men's sports. Sometimes you just learn some weird things. Right. Um, thank you, Twitter. Um, yeah. Twitter's not good for anything. You just learn yeah. the odd, <laughs> odd random fact. But yeah, so I think, you know, um, as long it helped, as- It helped fund those sports, which is good. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, as long as Lincoln Riley's there, they're going to have a shot at most every top quarterback. You know, every other year, they're going to have a shot at the top quarterback. And football is a quarterback sport. If you have right. a top quarterback and he actually turns out to be as good as they think he's going to be, then you're going to have a chance to compete. Now it's going to be a matter of, can they continue to turn over skill positions? Can they continue to build that offensive line? And they have arguably one of the best offensive line coaches in the country. And then how long can they hold on to Alex Grinch? Can they get Brent Venables out of Alex Grinch? You know, mm-hmm. uh, can they get him to stick around for, for a, a long tenure? Uh, who knows? Cause that's going to play a big part in it too, because He's, he's doing some really strong work with their, their defense and then on the recruiting trail as well, helping to get, you know, four or five-star recruits on the defensive side of the football as well. And so it, I mean, so much of it comes down to recruiting and player development and they've been pretty good at both um, in Lincoln Riley's tenure. And they had a pretty seamless transition from the Bob Stoops era. And I don't doubt that they will go into sec play unprepared. I think they'll be ready mm-hmm. to roll. Um, if they do go into the SEC in 2022, it looks like it'll be Caleb Williams um, kind of making Oklahoma. If you're a top quarterback, I don't know why you don't go to Oklahoma. It's, oh, exactly. It's, like it's just he's play, like he's got three quarterbacks in the NFL right now. Yep. Two of them are Heisman's. Two of them were number one picks. The other one was a second place in the Heisman, first round pick. Yeah, uh, what was he? First round, like, second, the second round. round, second round. Yeah, and also, but he started last year. Yep. And he's about to have a fourth. Yep. <laughs> so it's like yeah, and then if and then if. Like I said, if Oklahoma is on the SEC schedule in 2022 and Caleb Williams is the one that's you know taking snaps and I mean he's he's advertising Lincoln Riley every time he takes a you know yeah. takes a snap and throws a pass. And I mean they've already got 2023's you know yeah, the quarterback locked up, yeah. Malachi Nelson. And I mean, so I think they're always going to be able to contend. Um, you know, yes, the the challenge is more difficult because the schedule just become became more difficult. Um but they're going to have a chance because yeah. they ha- they're going to have good players. They're going to have good coaching and they have a really good atmosphere there in Norman that makes it difficult um, for away teams. If we're ever back to full capacity for games. Um, and so, yeah, I think, I think they're going to have a chance to contend in the sec. So much of it will come down to how well they play Texas, like it does every year. And then um, what they, how, how the schedule works, you know, if they are in a pod system, you know, do they get Alabama on the schedule that year? Will Nick Saban ever retire? I mean, if Nick Saban retires, then it just kind of opens the whole thing up for everybody. But I mean, yeah, it's going to be, I mean, it's going to be a challenge, but I think it's going to be a fun challenge too. I mean, if you're Oklahoma fans, yeah, it's a bit of a shock right now. And I think everybody will kind of get over that at some point. But when you, when that first schedule comes out Mm. and you start marking your Saturdays, yeah, I, I think you're going to get just really excited. Yes, you might be a little bit more nervous about more games on your schedule than you might have been recently, but I can't. I, there's no doubt in my mind that those games are going to be really exciting and really fun matchups. Yeah, and uh, I guess what I'll, I'll say, John, is let, let's just enjoy. I guess the, the last ride here, right? Because this this, yeah. this might be it. This, this might, might be, be it. it, man. And I it which again feels very surreal because I also woke up today just thinking, Oh, we got at least until 2024. And then I started thinking more about, it. I was like, 
how is that, that going to work? Yeah. Like, they're not going to just stay cordially. By the way, you know, by the way, we just, other. we just, you know, we just gave you guys the middle finger. We're going to stay and take your money for a few yeah. years first. Yeah. Right? And your conference championships every year. Yeah. That's going to be super awkward when right. uh, Oklahoma is playing for the conference championship in December and Lincoln Riley's hosting <laughs> that number seven. Sorry, I'm, I'm speaking we'll, pretty confidently. We'll right take, now. we'll, no, but I mean, they've won six in a row so at this point, but you know, it's like, hey, yeah. we'll take this and we'll see you guys later. Yeah. You know, they, yeah. you know we don't need any more of these conference going away. Yeah. I was, the SEC. I was talking to former hosts of Locked On Horns, Patrick Kahn, earlier today, and he's like, the uh, Oklahoma just needs to do like, um, oh man, I forgot his name now. A WWE wrestler who uh oh CM Punk. Yeah, you should do the, CM, do the CM Punk and take the belt and leave. And, and then I said, or they should do like the NWO and just take the belt and spray paint OU on the front <laughs> and black. And just and then I saw another guy on Twitter suggest that every every time they play a home game, they should wear all blacks for every mm-hmm. other Big 12 opponent. And I'm like, man, this is getting really it's getting really dark. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's like it's like, look, oh, you, you guys have taken an outcome of conference. Just be nice in your way out. Isn't that, That's isn't right. That at, least, at least you guys can do. That's right. Uh, Somebody did uh, mention something though that like every road game for OU and the Big Twelve is going to be incredibly hostile this year. Oh, it's going to be. Uh, let's see. So I'm trying to think about where they go this year. I mean, they're going to. I mean, they're going to. I think the road schedule is not terribly terrible for them this year. Right? No. Let me. I don't have it off the top of my head. I'm but. trying to think because, well, I'm trying to think about where they went last year. Well, they got yeah. Iowa State this year at home. At home, right? That one's at home. That yeah. would have been that. I mean, yeah. I'll tell you what, if they played that game in Ames this year, that would be a like absolute war. I would love, I'm, I, I'm really hoping those two teams do play twice. Yeah. Um, but because, you know, Iowa State fans are so well known for how they travel to. Um, right. But yeah, I mean, it's just. I mean, they go to like, Kansas, they go to Kansas State, they go to Kansas. Which will, they go which to, will be they pretty. Go to, Good atmosphere, Kansas State. Yeah, they go to Baylor and they go to they go to Stillwater. So that there you that'll go. be a lot of fun. I bet they'll have uh, President Casey Shrum out there doing mm-hmm. the coin toss and the and the welcoming of the captains. <laughs> John, John, where can people find you and your work? Yeah, man. So hey, make sure you uh, follow the show Locked On Sooners on Twitter at Locked On Sooners. You can follow me on Twitter at John Nine Williams, and uh, you can also read my work covering the Sooners at the Sooners Wire at USAToday.com. Awesome, John. Appreciate your time as always. Yeah, Josh, man, it's been a lot of fun. And I hope this is, uh, I don't know. It's just, I don't know what to, it's weird. I'm excited yeah. about the SEC. But don't feel bad. Don't feel like, bad I'm not, about it. I'm, I'm, You're not the wanna, one who did it. I don't want to lose our, our crossovers, man, because these are always so much fun. I'll, 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 be, I'll be locked on Mountain West or something. We'll, we'll, we'll figure it out. They'll, they'll probably need multiple people to the SEC. Locked on SEC. Six, yeah, yeah I'll, I'll be Ford, locked on just, SEC West. Yeah, you're That's the co-host. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Always love talking to our friend John Williams here in the Locked On Big 12 podcast. That was John Williams once again of Locked On Sooners. Hope you guys enjoyed that conversation. We'll be back tomorrow with another episode. Until then, follow us on Twitter at LOBig12. You can follow me at Josh Neighbors underscore. Till next time, my friends, as always, stay safe.